And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones. And we're excited about today's program. We're going to be talking about Bible prophecy and tribulation missionaries. So we hope that you can stay tuned to today's program. And, of course, keep us in prayer. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. We, Lord, ask that you open our eyes and ears to what you want us to learn about you, Lord. We'll uh, magnify and glorify your name as we get excited about uh, who you reveal to us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones. Again, Bible Prophecy Tribulation Missionaries. Nathan Jones, it's so great to have you on the program, especially as we're going to be touching about this wonderful sub subject there as it relates to uh, missions. And Nathan, I know you and you have a heart of an evangelist and a heart of a missionary. And our thing, our, our, our uh, excitement here is to reach the lost. Amen, brother. Uh, that's what we're here for. The Great Commission, Acts 1-8, is to go into all the world and preach the gospel and get ready for the Lord's soon return. So uh, we all as Christians should be living the Acts 1-8 life. Yeah, and Nathan, you've been doing some wonderful uh, small uh, teachings, the inboxes, and uh, the purpose of those, obviously, is, is evangelism and, and reaching the lost. And I just think it's fantastic the way that you've been using those tools and your latest one had to do with the rapture, right? Right, right. Well, I did a, 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 me and my associate have done a short video series called The Inbox. You can find it on our Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel and our website at lamblion.com. We cover a lot of different topics. If you don't want to read a full article or watch one of our half-hour episodes of Christ in Prophecy, you can get a five, six-minute video that answers a particular question. Yeah, episode 21 was about the difference, uh, why I believe in a pre-trib rapture. Episode 20 was the difference between the rapture and the second coming. And those both been pretty popular. We've had over 10,000 views each on Facebook, or excuse me, on YouTube. So I'm pretty excited about it. Nathan, that is fantastic. And, uh, and the reason why I bring that up is because we know that that event called the rapture is going to take place. It can actually take place at any moment. Some people have the question, well, when the rapture happens and the church is gone, well, well then who's going to share the gospel uh, for, for us? And in our, in our last program, you and I talked about this in Matthew chapter 24, uh, verses 13 uh, through 14. Uh, we talked about this, that the Bible teaches in Matthew 24, 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will, will preach in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. And Nathan, you and I talked a little bit about this, and generally, yeah, the church is going to be gone, but... but that doesn't mean that God, God's end to reach the lost is, is going to lost once the church is gone, right? Right. It's a common misconception, and there's been whole ministries built on Matthew 24, 14, that believes that the church has to get the gospel to every single person on the planet, or Jesus Christ will not return. And that, that's a misinterpretation of this verse, because it doesn't separate the second coming from the rapture. Or you could think of the second coming as coming in two stages. First, the rapture of the church as Jesus Christ takes his church off this earth up to heaven. The tribulation, which will last seven years, will occur after that. And then the second coming where Jesus brings his church back with him to bring judgment upon the world. 
That is what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 24, 14. For obvious reasons, Matthew 24, 14 is about the tribulation and Jesus' second coming. It's not about the rapture, although there's allusions to it at the end. So what he's saying is that the gospel must reach every person on the planet before the end of the tribulation. It doesn't mean that the gospel needs to reach the whole world for the rapture to happen. Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, and that's why we wanted to clarify that. Of course, Jesus did say in Matthew 28, uh, verse 18 through 20, uh, he says, as he spoke to them, all authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And it says, teaching them to observe these things that I have commanded you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Uh, amen. So, yes, Nathan, we, we have a command to go. Uh, we are to play our part in missions and evangelism here now. But I, I love what you just said. Again, it doesn't all depend just on us to carry this out. Otherwise, the Lord won't return. And that is a, that is a deception. <laughs> Absolutely, it is a deception. Yeah, and, and it doesn't mean that it's a deception in the way of that people are out there deceiving you. You know, a lot of folks that are uh, into the um, uh, post-millennial view, excuse me, this idea that uh, you know, it's not the premillennial view where we believe uh, in a sequence of events with the rapture, the tribulation, the second coming, the millennial kingdom, but a postmillennial view in that the church will continue to evangelize the world. It will get better and better, and then we will hand the keys to the kingdom, so to speak, to Jesus, and then when he returns. And that's a view that more and more the church is starting to adopt. This also the kingdom now or dominionists are teaching that the church will then basically conquer the world for Christ. And in the process of that conquering, the whole world will come to know Jesus as their Savior. There is nothing, nothing about what we see in the world that's leading up to the idea that Jesus Christ, through the church, will evangelize the entire world, and then Jesus will come back. It's just, it's, it doesn't conform to reality whatsoever. Right. Excellent point. And Nathan, we do know that the gospel is going to be preached. There's going to be uh, an incredible uh, uh, work of the Holy Spirit, if you will, uh, in the end times, in the time of the tribulation. But the Bible is clear that God will use other vehicles to, to accomplish that work especially in the time of the tribulation. And of course, Nathan, you and I are going to start talking a little bit about this, but the Bible also mentions uh, two olive branches or two uh, witnesses, if you will. Uh, would you be able, Nathan, to take us to Zechariah chapter 4, verses 10 and 14, and then we'll jump to the book of Revelation so that we can start sharing with individuals uh, or that they can start seeing that God's plan is in full effect, but God will use other vehicles to accomplish his tasks. Okay, uh, I'm at Zechariah 4. What verse again? Yeah, Nathan, if we could read uh, 10 through 14. Okay. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. Then I answered and said to him, what are these two olive trees at the right of the lampstand and its left? And I further answered and said to him, what are these two olive branches that drip into the receptacles of the two golden pipes from which the golden oil drains? Then he answered me and said, Do you not know who these are? And I said, Well, no, my Lord. And he said, These are the two anointed ones who stand beside the Lord of the whole earth. 
Woo! So Nathan, of course, uh, here doesn't mention names, but these two anointed ones, sometimes people look at these as uh, two witnesses that are going to be, uh, again, these missionary evangelists, if you will, in the book of Revelation. Y your thoughts on this? Well, uh, this is a tough one because a lot of people do that. They'll look at Zechariah 4. They'll see this vision that Zechariah, the minor prophet, had of a lampstand with an olive trees and then two witnesses for Israel standing before it. That being Zerubbabel, who was the governor of uh, Israel at that time, and the high priest, I believe it was Joshua, who, and these two are the ones that are the Lord's witnesses to Israel during Zechariah's time. This is just after the exile, the Jews are returning to rebuild Jerusalem. We're talking about uh, around uh, 536 BC. And so we know from this interpretation of this that those two were the Lord's representatives during that time. Now, are these the two representatives who will eventually represent the Lord during the first half of the tribulation? I don't know, man. What do you think? Well, I'm, I'm the same way. Well, I've learned, Nathan, that with a Bible, Bible is lent. I try to stay silent and put a check mark, need more information. So <laughs> <laughs> now, that's very wise of you, yes. Right. So now what I do see here is that it is talking about two anointed ones. Now, of course, you and I know that in the Bible, uh, oftentimes when the when the Lord, the Lord Jesus sent uh, disciples out, he will send them two by two. But I also like to think about more what the Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter uh, 11 about two witnesses that will be coming. Again, they are also unmentioned, but by the looks of what we're going to look at, maybe we can sort of estimate or guess who they might be. So with that in mind, Nathan, will you be able to take us to, again, Revelation 11, as we look there at uh, uh, beginning on chapter 1 through verse 12, and we'll kind of just talk a little bit about it? Revelation 11, oh, that's an excellent one, because that and chapter 14 in Revelation talk about another two witnesses like we just read about in Zechariah. Absolutely. And this is why we, want, we wanted to our the listeners and the viewers uh, have a better idea how the gospel uh, is going to continue to be shared in the time of the tribulation and how that, that command from the Lord to go will still be fulfilled. So, yeah, Nathan, maybe you can uh, give us a little bit of background there by uh, as, we, as we read verses um, uh, 1 through 4 uh, of Revelation 11. All right. Well, let me start with the reading, and then we'll talk about it. Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. But leave out the court, which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles. And they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouths and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner." These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the day of their prophecy, and they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. Wow. Now, Nathan, again, these are two powerful witnesses in the time of the tribulation that are going to be fulfilling God's call to evangelize and, and, and in a sense, like missionaries to reach the lost. And, and again, Nathan, because of the mention here of the two olive branches, right, that's why sometimes people tie those to Zechariah. 
Right. Uh, a lot of people want to know who are these two witnesses that Revelation is, 11 is tell, talking about. And a lot of the imagery here you can find in Zechariah. For one, the, the two lampstands who stand before the God right. of the earth sounds like a quote directly out of Zechariah. And uh, sometimes you'll even see references that point to that. Uh, it's also talking about an angel that has John measuring the temple. Well, Zechariah went through the same thing. An angel showed up and have, had him right. measure the temple. And so it's believed that we are looking at two witnesses who either are like Zerubbabel and Joshua were to the Israelites back in that time, or whom the Lord sends from heaven to be his two witnesses. Although I have a hard time seeing that because we'll read a little later in Revelation 11, these two guys could be killed. How could that be if Zerubbabel and Joshua and their resurrected bodies, that they can't be killed? So we're talking about two men who, during the tribulation, who basically 42 months, uh, that's talking about half of the seven-year tribulation, three and a half years. The first three and a half years will be witnesses for the Lord. They will be based in Jerusalem, and they will share the gospel to the world during the tribulation. An excellent point, Nathan. And this is exactly why we're touching on these verses, because we want to also make sure that there's no misconception. We want to let the Bible uh, be true. And uh, again, we do know that these two witnesses are powerful individuals. They're going to be sharing the gospel. People are going to be converted. But you made a very good point. They are going to get killed. So <laughs> we need to look yeah. at what the scriptures have to say. <laughs> right. And and they're different than the church. Now, how do we know that the, this, the church isn't there in the tribulation? Obviously, when you read the rapture verses, it talks about the Lord taking us away. We read other verses like First Thessalonians 1.10 and others that talk about how the church isn't destined for the wrath of God. Uh, so we see here that the church is gone, especially when Paul taught about the restrainer, the is this restraining right. influence during the tribulation will be removed, and that's the Holy Spirit's work through the church. So the Lord, and, and you hear a lot of people will come and say, well, without the church, how is anyone going to get the gospel? Because we read right. earlier in Revelation about all these martyrs during the tribulation, people who die for their faith, who who come out of the tribulation with salvation. In other words, they accept the Lord after the rapture, but during the tribulation. How do they get the gospel? Well, I, and I think this is where you're leading up to, right, Vic? Is that one of the ways that the Lord will bring the gospel without the church being there is he will send these two witnesses. And, not, and they're just they're not just your average guys. I mean, look what we just read here. The Lord gives them right. supernatural powers that definitely show they're from God. They they shoot fire, they devour their enemies, they stop the rains, they put plagues on the earth. I mean, these guys are like the Old Testament prophets. <laughs> And that's exactly, Nathan, we, that's exactly the picture uh, that we're getting uh, so people can see that, again, uh, today we are very involved in missions, missionary work, world mission, getting the gospel out. And, and that is fantastic. I think everyone should. I think there's a great need out there. But I think also we need to um, uh, uh, not think that it's just, just our responsibility. God's plan is in full effect. Uh, he's, he's got people already lined up for his plan. I believe we are part of his plan today. Uh, those that are preaching the word of God, those that are going out. But at the same time, we see that God also has these super individuals uh, that are handpicked for such a time as the tribulation. Because of course, Nathan, the tribulation is no joke what's going to be happening there. 
Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the tribulation is the wrath of God. It's where God pours 21 earth-destructive judgments upon the world. And so, this is God's wake-up call. Now, we see from these judgments, and that's besides the two witnesses, one of the ways that the Lord will reach people. It says by the end of the sixth seal judgment, just six of the 21 judgments in, that the people will be crying out for the wrath of the Lamb to be hidden Mm -hmm. They'll, they'll crawl under the caves and under the rocks for the wrath of the Lamb of God to be hidden from that wrath. So the world population will know that God's involved, and they will know that the Lord is bringing these judgments. And it, he does it through these judgments, but he also does it through these witnesses. And as we read in, in the fifth seal judgment, many people from every tribe, tongue, and language and people will accept Jesus Christ as Savior during that time period. So. There will be a great soul harvest. Now, the question is, how do these people find out about the gospel? And that's what we're discussing. Excellent point. And again, for those of you that are just tuned in, the 2263 ministry, uh, Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, as we're discussing uh, the subject matter of Bible prophecy, tribulation missionaries. How is the gospel going to be preached in the tribulation? How are people going to know about the truth? And of course, we're discussing that by looking at Revelation chapter 11 about these two incredible uh, witnesses. So Nathan, again, I am just astonished at the power that these two individuals have. If you can continue to read for us a little further, Nathan, so we can maybe continue to open up these verses, that would be fantastic. Well, certainly. Well, we're learning about these two witnesses seem invincible, right? I mean, anyone gets near yeah. them, they get basically incinerated. But for some reason, God has other plans for them. It's this, verse 7. When they finish, in other words, they're done their task, their testimony, the beast, that is the Antichrist, ascends out of the bottomless pit, will make war against them overcome them and kill them and their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city which spiritually is called sodom and egypt where also our lord was crucified in other words jerusalem then those from the peoples tribes tongues and nations will see their dead bodies for three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves and those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, making merry, sending gifts to one another, because these two mm. prophets prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Woo! And Nathan, again, so we see here, uh, this is just uh, amazing, because here, of course, we have so much going on in the time of the tribulation. And of course, Nathan, uh, I mean, when we, we, when we look at some of the prophets in the Bible, and that's what it is, we try to compare the miracles that they did with what these two witnesses uh, uh, are doing. That's why sometimes people wonder, who are these guys? Is it Moses? Is it Isaiah? And they get that based on the miracles that they did. Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of times people will attribute Moses and Elijah to this. For one, Elijah was raptured up to heaven himself, and so he didn't die as we know death. And Moses, although there are verses like in Jude, it tells us that Moses, uh, Satan did fight over Moses' dead body. So we know that Moses did die, although some people attribute that he didn't and that he was raptured as well, which uh, isn't true. And so therefore, since they were raptured, they were kept in their earthly bodies until this tribulation time period where they then they will come and have the ability to die. Others will point to Enoch way back yeah. before the flood. He too was raptured up to heaven before the flood came. And so they say, well, he, they're still in their earthly bodies. 
and therefore they can come down and be killed. I personally have a hard time seeing it as a somebody who's already gone to heaven because even to be in heaven, you would need a glorified body and able to even see the Lord. Our, our earthly bodies just cannot take yeah. the pure, you know, basically a nuclear furnace that is God. So it very well That's could right. be that these two witnesses are two Jewish men who will accept the Lord after the rapture and then serve the Lord during that time period. They're still in their earthly bodies, and so therefore they can be killed. Excellent point. And Nathan, I, I, that's why when we look at these individuals, uh, you know, some people say, well, uh, are these people alive now? Well, if the rapture can take place at any moment, uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, uh, absolutely. <laughs> because God is preparing all this, as the Bible says. Yeah, if they're alive today, they're likely two Jewish men, probably young. Um, right. They uh, they haven't. They're maybe they're faithful to the Lord, and that they're uh, you know part of the Orthodox, or maybe they're not. Maybe they're secular Jews. Uh, but either way, they will then know the Lord, uh, accept Him as Savior, and God will commission them for three and a half years to base themselves in Jerusalem. And there they will call upon the world through, as we see here, if the whole world is watching them be dead, it means obviously they're using technology. And this is actually a prophecy, which we've talked about in the past, that there will be communication technology that will allow the whole world to see these men dead, which means television and mobile and internet and all that is available. So we are in that time period as well. Jerusalem is under the yeah. control of the Jews. Uh, so Israel is back in the land. Again, another way fulfillment of the prophecy that had to happen before this. So yeah, definitely. I totally agree. We are in a time period where likely these two witnesses are already alive and they yeah. are just have not accepted Jesus as their savior yet. Yeah, yeah, Nathan, that's why we're tying this together, because, again, what other time could someone say that this was a possibility in our time? I mean, here you and I are doing this from you are all the way in Texas, Nathan. I am all the way in Miami. We're using technology, Skype and the like to connect us and people are able to see us live all over the world. In the same way, we believe that because of the lining up of technology and Bible prophecy, that much of these events could occur in our time. These individuals could be alive because today, like no other time, we can actually see people laying in the streets on another side of the world instantly alive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We are in a time period where Israel is back in the land. Israel controls Jerusalem. We have the, the media technology to see events that happen on the other side of the planet in real time. And uh, we're also in an age that's getting darker uh, spiritually yes. and morally, the fact that the people on the earth are happy when these guys die, they send presents, they celebrate because they tormented them and they're tormenting them because they have rejected God, they have rejected Jesus Christ. And these men are invincible until the Lord allows the Antichrist yeah. to kill them. Excellent point. And Nathan, again, this is why we oftentimes share with our viewers and our listeners, this is why it's so crucial that if you have not trusted in Christ, what are you waiting for? This is, in a sense, a, a wonderful opportunity to come to the Lord. Uh, we see so many things uh, lining up, biblically speaking. And oh, <laughs> excuse me, I just had a sneeze there Bless as you. I was encouraging our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> How excited I am. <laughs> but again... What a wonderful opportunity for people to come to the Lord, Nathan, as we, you and I see all these things happening. We don't want anyone to be left behind. We want everyone to go to heaven and that occurs. 
Absolutely. Like the two witnesses, if you pick up verse 11, they get to go to heaven. So now after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them. They stood on their feet, and great fear fell on all who saw them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here! And they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. In that same hour, then it talks about all the earthquakes and everyone being uh, terrified. But the Lord resurrects these guys after three and a half days and brings them right. up to heaven. And likewise, they get to go to heaven because they've have accepted Jesus as their Savior. And we too, when we've accepted Jesus as our Savior, we're promised a rapture like these two men have. Woo, praise the Lord. And Nathan, also, when our time is up, when our witness is done, the Lord will call us home. And that could be uh, in different ways. ways. But here we notice that these individuals were faithful to what God had called them to do, even to the death. And that's what missionaries and evangelists all over the world, Nathan, uh, of course, here in the United States of America, we're very well shielded and protected in a sense. But we go out of these four walls also with America, and it's, and it's a different ballgame out there. It is, yeah. We kind of get this idea in the United States that we're conquering the world for Christ because we got it easy, as if if we spread the gospel more, uh, you know, there'd be no more trouble. But Jesus promised that if you follow him, there will be trouble. The world hates him, so therefore they will hate his followers. And we see that more and more in countries around the world, especially I think of China right now, how the government is cracking down even on the legal churches there, how in Nigeria the Boko Haram is slaughtering Christians. We saw ISIS pretty much wipe Christianity out of the Middle East. Yeah. Now, all this is happening uh, for a reason, and that's because people who follow Jesus Christ are like the stench of death to those who are dying, we're told in the Bible. And therefore, yeah, we're not going to get a good life by following Jesus here on this earth, but we'll have peace, we know his love, yes. and we have the promise of eternal life with him. Oh, praise the Lord. And that's why, Nathan, we pray so much for, for missionaries, for people that are doing the work, people that are willing to lay down their li lives, like two witnesses. Uh, the follow they were following the model that Jesus himself said, the laying down your life for your friends. And uh, I know you guys support missionaries also in different countries, in China, also a wonderful ministry, far-reaching uh, far ministry. They're doing an incredible job when you talk about Boko Haram and rescue people that are being tortured. And that's what it's all about, Nathan. In these last days, we should be busy about the Lord's business and uh, doing whatever we can to get the gospel out there. And that's why when I do these programs, and it's with the hope that you on the other side would come to Jesus for you to realize how much God loves you and what a wonderful plan he has for your life. And only and with the minute that we have left, Nathan, will you be able to maybe speak to that person on the other side and share with them even now how they can start the relationship with the Lord? Well, probably the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16 says, For God so loved yes. the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So do you believe in Jesus' claim that he is the Son of God? Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and God resurrected him three days later from the dead? And that when we put our faith and trust in him, our sins are forgiven. They're gone forever and we inherit eternal life. If you believe that, if you put your faith and heart in Jesus Christ and repented of your sins, then you too are a child of God. Praise the Lord. And if you trusted in Christ, let us know. We want to rejoice with you because God is doing a wonderful thing. And I think as Nathan Jones, when you come to Christ, it doesn't mean that it's going to be a road of roses. As a matter of fact, it might be a little bit thorny. It might, it might be difficult. <laughs> But we want to be truthful with you. Uh, sometimes things get harder before they, they, they get easier. But just know that you've trusted in Christ. 
He loves you, and you are firm-footed in Him. Nathan Jones, thank you, thank you so much for being part of the program and for sharing the wonderful news with our with our listeners uh, and, and our viewing audience. Thank you, brother. Great program. I hope we get to continue on. There's still other ways that God uh, will share the gospel during the tribulation. I hope we get a chance to cover them. And that is exactly what we're hoping to do, Nathan, so we can break it up for individuals and hopefully they will be uh, ready, ready to into our next program. So thank you so much, Nathan Jones. All right, brother. Take care. Awesome. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, want to say goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Continue the good work that God has started in you. Be faithful to the end. And the Lord coming back very, very soon. We hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day for them. May the bless you.